it's good. God is good. You, you know, this is Thanksgiving weekend, and I like to, told Mary, and I like to preach on thankfulness at least once a year. We need to do it ever more often. But you know what? We live in a world that feels like it's entitled to everything. Especially in America, it's an entitlement. The government, everybody owes us something. Well, I'm telling you something. That's coming from that old man, not the new man. Because that new man is grateful. It's a grateful heart. And I I was thinking about it, and we're going to talk about this, but I was thinking about what he said in Deuteronomy 8. I'll I'll start in verse 2. Father, thank you for your word. We do thank you, Lord, for everything you've so freely given us. I'm telling you, it's awesome. It's awesome. I'm going to go ahead and read this. I read it it to the pastors the other day. I wrote this down. The highest form of unthankfulness or ingratitude is to try to repay God for what he has freely given us in Christ Jesus. That's the highest form of unthankfulness. When you try to repay him for what he paid for, for us to have freely in Christ. That's awesome. We could go home right now. Because that's what religion does. Religion tries to repay God for what he's done for us. But God freely, freely through his son gave us what we all need in Christ. Anyhow. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2. And you shall remember all the ways the Lord your God led to these 40 years in the wilderness to what? To humble you, to prove you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. He humbled you and suffered you to hunger and fed you with manna which you knew not, neither did your father know. That he might make you know that man does not live by bread only, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Your raiment waxed not old, neither did your foot swell for 40 years. Can you imagine... Do you know the shoes never wore out for 40 years? They grew on the children's feet. As they got older, the shoes grew. And they still complain. And they still complain. He says, And thou shalt also consider in your heart that as a man chastens his son, the Lord God chastens you. Therefore keep his commandments of the Lord to walk in his ways and fear him. For the Lord brings you into a good land. What kind of land? A good land, a brooks of waters and fountains and depths that spring out of valleys and hills. A land of wheat and barley, figs and fig trees and pomegranate. A land of oil, olive and honey. A land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. I want you to see all the goodness here. Some of the goodness is overflowing out here in the front. If you're sitting in the back where it's dry, move on up around these guys over here. It's legal. Woo. A land where you shall eat bread without scarceness. Thou shall not lack anything in it. A land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills they may dig brass. And when. Now here you are. Okay, now catch this. I I think we've done lost it. When you have eaten and are full. When you've eaten and are full. Then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he's given you. So we need to be thinking, God, after we eat on Thanksgiving instead of before. Before and after for all that goodness. Now look, beware lest you forget the Lord your God. 
Beware lest you forget. See the warning of all he took them through? And he warned them, don't. You know, it says in Psalms, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all nations that forget God. What's happening to our government system? Where is God? Where's God? Those nations that forget God. And he goes on to say, oh, whoo. Beware that you forget not the Lord God and not keeping his commandments and judgments, statutes I command you, lest when you are eaten and are full and built goodly houses and dwelt therein, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold multiplies, and all that you have is multiplied, then that old heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord your God, which brought you forth out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, who led thee through the great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water, who brought forth water out of the rock of Flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers knew not, that they might humble thee, that he might prove thee to do you good at the latter end. And thou shalt say in your heart, My power and my might hath gotten me this wealth. But you will remember the Lord your God, for it is he that gives you power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant with which he swore unto your fathers as it is this day. Amen. And, it is, and it shall be, if you do it all, forget the Lord and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify to you, you shall surely perish. In all nations which the Lord destroyed before your face, so shall you perish, because you would not be obedient to the voice of the Lord your God. Ten times, he said, you tempted me in the wilderness. Ten times. That's long-suffering. These ten times you've, you've done this to me and forgot what I've done to you. And you know how much more? Look what he did and how much more with what he's given us freely in Christ Jesus should we be thankful. You know, the kingdom, that whole new heart, that's where that, that understanding of what he's freely given you comes from, from that new heart. How many of you, if you knew God's will, you'd do it? How many of you, if you really knew God's will? Amen? Well, let's, let's read a verse. I'm going to go over here in 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5. Verse 15 says, See that none render evil for evil unto any, but ever follow that which is good, verse 15, among yourselves to men. Now look what it says. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, Verse 18, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ concerning you. What is God's will? In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It means everything you go through, everything, every day, everything. What is everything, Mike? Everything, is that everything? You know, Garland Solomon, Janice's stepdad. If you was ever around him very long, if you was around him over 30 minutes, you'd hear him say, thank you, Jesus, at least 10 times. Everywhere he went, we walked, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. All the time he was saying, thank you, Jesus. That's in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. See, that's what we need. We're living in an unthankful world. I want you to realize everybody you're around Feels like everybody and everything, every God and the government and everybody else owes them something. See, religion does this. Religion says, you need to go do this. So you go do it, 
And then you feel good about yourself, and then you think God ought to thank you for you, for you doing it. Oh, you out there? You do something good, and then you think God owes you something. He needs to thank you for what you just did. I remember the disciples came to him and said, boy, we've done all this. And he said, well, which of you having a servant when he comes in from working and you come in and, and does he serve that servant or does that servant cook his meals and feed him? And does he thank that servant because he's done those things that was commanded? I don't think so. And ye, after you've done the will of God, say, I'm an unprofitable servant. I've done those things that was needful. See, here's the thing. This grateful heart, this new heart that he's given us is a grateful heart. And anything that comes in there that begins to think that God owes you something, you better watch it. You better watch it. You know, he said, to whom much is given is much required. And he also said, he that loveth much, he that's forgiven much loves much. When you realize he totally gave us everything freely in Christ. Everything. In God, it says, in Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead, and you are complete in him. So in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying. Prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. Abstain from the very appearance of evil. And here's a verse we quote all the time. And the God of peace, he's the God of what? Peace. Peace. Sanctify you wholly, completely. And I pray your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto or at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who called you who really has also done it. He has given you a new spirit, a new soul, and a new body. Right? He's given you all three. Spirit, soul, and body. The God of all peace sanctify you what? Holy. And I pray your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming. But you know what at the coming is? He's already come. You have the fullness inside you already. You have a new spirit, new soul, new body. How much more should we be so thankful? So thankful for everything. We don't need to fall into that trap of thinking God owes us something. You know, in in Ephesians 5, 18 through 20, it says... Giving thanks always for what? All things. Is it up here? Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks always for all things unto God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious or careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. See, that's his will, that we be thankful. You know, you you think about the ten lepers that called out to Jesus, if you will, you shall make me whole. He said, I will. Come on up here. And then he, he told them, go show yourself to the priest. So they boogied off to go show themselves to the priest. And as they went, they were all cleansed. And one of them stopped when he saw that he was made whole. And went back and fell at his feet. And gave him thanks. And worshipped him. And he says, we're not ten cleansed? Where's the nine? Is it only this one that has come back to give glory to God? 
See, when you give thanks, you're giving God glory. You want to give God glory? You give him thanks. Only one has come back. And, you know, I found out, you know, I've probably said this before, but we've ministered to hundreds of peoples over the years, and about one out of ten will say thank you. Usually about nine think you owe it to them. Yeah, it's true. Because we have, we've created this entitlement thing in the world. That's not there. It's, it's in the world. It's not in the kingdom. See, in the kingdom, you realize, you know, that everything's been freely given to you in Christ Jesus. And God intended to do everything for us so we wouldn't have any, any thing we could look at and say, look what we did. Isn't that awesome? And though he was rich, he became poor that we through his poverty might be rich. That's called an exchange. He took our sin to make us righteousness. The very righteousness of God. <clears throat> Colossians 1.12 Giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us, made us meet or capable to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet or capable to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. The Passion Bible says, Your hearts can soar with joyful gratitude when you think of how good God made you, worthy to receive the glorious inheritance, freely given to us by living in the light. Let me read that again. I like that. Your hearts can soar with joyful gratitude when you think of how God made you worthy to receive the glorious inheritance freely given to us by the living in the light. You're worthy. God made you worthy to receive that. Is that awesome? Colossians 2.7 says, Rooted and built up in Christ and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Do you understand? Do you see the thanksgiving is everywhere? We just don't see it. That's why he says, in everything, give thanks. Everything you go through, thank him. Thank him. Amen? Because all things do work together for good to them that love God and call according to his purpose. Don't mean everything you go through is good. Huh? But all things are working together for your good. Right? And Colossians 3, 14 and 15, it says, Above all things, put on charity or love, which is the bond of perfectness. Above all, put on charity or love, which is the bond of perfectness. 15, and let the peace of God rule in your heart. The what? Peace of God rule in your heart to which you're also called into one body and be ye thankful. See, we need to cultivate an attitude of gratitude. Do you know you can cultivate an attitude of ingratitude? That's not, you don't even have to work at that. All you have to do is go back to who you were and you'll think everybody owes you a living. Everybody owes you something. That's why the government is in debt for trillions, trillions and trillions of dollars. Because everybody's demanding what they have a right to and the government keeps paying it. 
Now our kids, our grandkids will be lucky to be able to pay off all of our debts with a miracle. Don't shout me down. You know, the Bible says, Paul said, if any man don't work, he ain't going to eat. If you don't want to work, you ain't going to eat. That's kingdom. Oh, happy day. Where was I? Yeah. Let the peace of God rule in your heart to which you are called into one body and be you thankful. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty seven. But thanks be to God. There it is again. Which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. When you think of the victory, thanks be unto God for giving you the victory. You didn't deserve it. He gave it to you. We've been made victorious. We are more than conquerors. We're not just conquerors. We're more than conquerors through him that loved us and gave himself for us. So we could enjoy what he's paid for. I hope I'm coming across. We're moving into other realms of the exchange life where we realize that this whole thing's because he loved us and did it for us, not us doing anything to deserve it. Yes, Lord. I'm telling you, that's a whole nother realm. That's why you got to see, to come into that realm, it's not that easy. There was a verse, let me see if it's here. Uh, I'll probably get there in a minute. Or will I get there? Okay. Wow. Let me, let me read a verse in the Passion while I'm here, lest I forget. Second <clears throat> Corinthians 9, 10 through 14. This generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant towards you. First, he supplies every need plus more. Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it, so that the harvest of your generosity will grow. You will be abundantly enriched in every way as you give generously on every occasion. For when we take your gifts to those in need, it's because many... It causes many to give thanks to God. When, when, when we give your gifts, they thank God for those gifts you're giving. It redounds to the glory of God when you give those people those gifts. The priestly ministry you're providing through your offering not only supplies what's lacking for God's people, it inspires an outpouring of praise and thanksgiving to God himself. Outpouring of praise and thankfulness to God. See, it, it's more than about you when you give to those that have need. They pour out their hearts to God for, for having it, not just thank you for it. They're thanking God because he supplied it for them. Do, do, do you see that heart of thankfulness that, that, that's there? For as, you extremely, you're, for as your extremely generous offering meets in the approval of those in Jerusalem, it will cause them to give glory to God all because of your loyal support and allegiance to the gospel of Christ, as well as your generous, hard-hearted partners, hearted, generous, hearted partnership with them, those in need. Because of this extraordinary grace, which God has lavished upon you, they will affectionately remember you in their prayers. Praise God for his astonishing gift, which is thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift, This is it. Praise God for his astonishing gift, which is far too great for words. This is far too great for his words. 
What he's done, it's not even words to say what he's done for us. His unspeakable gift. Second Corinthians four fourteen and 15. Knowing this, that he that raised up the Lord Jesus Christ raised us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. 15. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundance of grace might through the thanksgiving of many abound to the glory of God. What's he going to do? Through the thanksgiving of many abound to the glory of God. Is that awesome? Mm. You know, in, in 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 6, I do this in prayer a lot of times. He says, all God's foods are good, nothing to be refused. You can eat anything you want to if it's prayed over and give thanks for it. Prayer and thanksgiving sanctifies it. So you can eat anything if you pray over it and thank God for it. It'll be good for you. He takes all the sugar out, takes all the calories out. Just try it. See, it's good for you if you thank God for it. Oh, hallelujah. Do I want to do that? All right, let me find this other one. Now, I was kidding a little there, but not much. My kids say, no, you're not kidding. That's what you do every time I pray. That's what I do. You said you could eat any deadly thing and it wouldn't hurt you. <clears throat> Revelation. Uh, about verse 11. I want to read this in the Passion. Then he said, These are the ones who have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb and have emerged from the midst of great pressure of ordeal. For this reason, there before the throne of God, ministering to him as priest day and night. Within this cloud-filled sanctuary, the enthroned one spread over them his tabernacle, tabernacle shelter. Their souls will be completely satisfied. Neither the sun nor any scorching heat will affect them. For the Lamb is at the center of the throne, continuously shepherding them into life, guiding them to everlasting fountain of waters of life, God will wipe away from their eyes every last tear. Great tribulation. These are those that come out of great tribulation. That was the word. Great, what kind of tribulation? <clears throat> great tribulation. Now, this word tribulum, tribulum is where this comes from. It's a hollow rock that was used to separate wheat from the chaff. A lot of stuff you're going through is nothing but to separate the wheat from the chaff. In this world, you're going to get a little chaff on you. But tribulation separates the wheat from the chaff. Ooh, these that come out of great tribulation. Uh, I'm reading in Revelation 7, what was it? Uh, 11 through 17. But I just wanted to read that in the Passion. It, it, it's, it's really good. The wheat from the chaff. <coughs> now in Acts 14.22 it says, Confirming 
the souls of the disciples. They went back confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting the disciples to continue in the faith that we, through much tribulation, will enter into the kingdom. Through much what? That word is pressure, squeezing, squeezing, to narrow in the chute. That's what Jesus said in Matthew when he says, narrow is the way that leads to life and few there be that find it. It's a narrowing in the way that leads to life and few there be that find it. See, religion's full of millions of people. But how many people are living the abundant life that Jesus promised? I've come that you might have life and have it abundant. It doesn't come from religion. It comes from relationship in union with the Lord Jesus Christ. But that tribulation squeezes you into that, and that's what tribulation in the Greek means to crush, to press, to compress, squeeze, to narrow as a shoot, to narrow. And that's when he said, Matthew 7, 14, straight is the gate, and narrow is the crowd. That's the same word. It's the same Greek word that leads to life, and few there be that find it. Identification with Christ. When he died, you died. When he was buried, you were buried. When he was raised, you were raised. And now Ephesians chapter 2 says you're seated with him right now in heavenly places. That's union. That word union is going to get more and more real to you this next year. It's going to come in. Exchange will be, might be fading into the background, but union is going to come into focus. Because as he is, so are you now in this present world. You are the body of Christ, members one of another. Amen. I'll stop there. All right, Eric. Time for communion. <laughs> but I want you to start this, make this a year when you in everything give thanks. Just make it a habit of saying in everything, thanks you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. All right. Amen. Give me an amen. Amen. Be thankful unto him and bless his holy name, for the Lord is good. So there's a sign above the door there. You probably never even noticed it. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. I'll enter his gates with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his holy name, for the Lord is good. And his what? Mercy endureth forever.